Hi, my name is Timothy Arlos O'Brien, and this is my podcast, The Poet Heroic. Welcome to episode number 25. Today, I have six amazing poems for you. First, I have a poem by an, a dear friend, Amy Oxford. Next, I have a poem by the talented writer, Aaron Karbuchki. I also have a poem by a poet featured before on the podcast, Carrie Ann Stotts. And finally, I have a few poems by myself and a poem by one of my favorite authors, Emily Dickinson. Thank you for joining me today. Now sit back, relax, and I hope you enjoy the poetry. First Love by Amy Oxford When this is over, oh honey, do I have plans for you. We'll gas up the Subi and drive into the mountains. The desert. New York City? Solitude or cities, what's your pleasure? Either way, our nights will be in space. Weightless. Eyes white. Bodies vibrating. Together. Our first date will be studied. For hundreds of years by thousands of young lovers reading books called How to Fall in Love, Quarantine Edition, or Lesbians in the Time of Coronavirus, or COVID Courtship 101, How to Pack the U-Haul. Our love will be the standard, the kind cliches are written from, the one in a million, once in a lifetime, love to write sonnets, and songs about. But you and me, baby, we won't even hear what they're saying about us because we're just driving and fucking and loving and goddamn thriving. And when this is over, oh honey, do I have plans for you. On Sanctuary by Timothy Arliss O'Brien The faith that I puff up with my steps through the door The hope that so often dwindles as my queer soul prepares for judgment Gay heart in the house of God My feet collect all the broken glass on the city streets outside and I rest my broken bones in the light of your countenance and grace restore and make me anew that I might love and accept myself as you have done for me amen
Venus Flytrap by Aaron Karbuski. I am the rotting fruit. I taste like stale sun, and out from under my skirt comes gravity and weighs you down like a tender meat, sinewy heart unfurled like a rose with brown edges and a jarring pink center. Dream, if you may, of the starless night when you were taken. I dare not to dream, being at fault, for ripping you from the fabric of time and tying you in my hair-like ribbons made of veins. My Favorite Bar by Timothy Arliss O'Brien This was different. A bar that was only a bathroom. Unassuming? Yes. Disgusting? Certainly. Fun? Hell yeah. The marble tile lined the walls of this small 500-square-foot bathroom. Any drug you could imagine was readily available at some sink or counter. With couples wandering off into stalls to have a moment alone, the art was daft and out of place, neon lights illuminating faces and vices. All while the world was burning down outside these walls. A reasonable person would not have come here, but sensible, I am not. The music and chitter-chatter mixed into a cacophonous sound. It was easy to be engulfed. Moth Butterfly by Carrie Ann Stotts. When I was six years old, in Mrs. Roberts' first grade class, I was playing alone at recess and caught a moth, which I incorrectly thought was a butterfly. I arched my fingers the same way my mom showed me to when giving me piano lessons, twisting my hands together to form a cage around the moth. Another kid saw me catch it and asked me to open up my hands so they could see it too. But I ignored them, turning away, keeping my fingertips tightly pressed together so the butterfly couldn't leave. I spent most of recess this way. Eventually, I believed the moth trusted me and I opened up my hands. After a pregnant pause, it decided to stay perched on my hand. I marveled at my beautiful new friend. All of a sudden, a teacher rang the bell and recess was over. Kids started running back to the classroom. I slowly walked back, careful not to disturb the butterfly perched on my open palm. 
I came into the classroom and found my desk. I worried that if Mrs. Roberts saw the moth, she would make me set it free outside. I opened the top of my desk and carefully placed the trusting butterfly in the corner for safekeeping and gently shut the lid. Somewhere in the haze of children's laughter, Mrs. Roberts' seriousness, sitting cross-legged on the carpet and struggling to learn how to read, I forgot about the moth. Months later, we were cleaning out our desks on the last day of school. I pull out pencil shavings, crayon wrappers, and suddenly something gray and flaky. It's a butterfly skeleton. Sometimes I think back to that memory and still feel the way I did that day. Cheeks flushed from more than the afternoon heat. I glance around at my peers to see if anyone has noticed. My hands are again a cage, hiding a moth. My feet move me towards the trash can. My heart fills with guilt as the carcass, like a feather, twirls, flaps, then floats to the bottom. To Hang Our Head Ostensibly by Emily Dickinson To hang our head ostensibly and subsequent to find that such was not the posture of our immortal mind, affords the sly presumption that in so dense a fuzz you too take cobweb attitudes upon a plane of gauze. Thank you for joining me in this episode. More information about all the poets are in the show notes. There are also links to more of their writing. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a review, sharing this podcast with a friend, and subscribing so you never miss a poem.